What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the, the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights and all the goods. So come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space, and good eats. Big thanks to Produce Row Cafe for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so and that will help propel this thing into the tops of the itunes charts giving it more visibility on the national and international levels helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the sustainability and the growth of this thing i appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time 
to leave those reviews. If you're not listening on iTunes, just hit follow, like, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. The podcast is available on Spotify now, as well as some monthly playlists that I've been dropping every first of the month. And I also just put a bunch of genre-specific playlists up there as well. I will put the links in the episode notes for those things, along with the links for the Dan Cable Presents t-shirts and mugs if you want to help support in that way and pick up one of those. Stoked to get into episode 264. Got a returning guest to the podcast, someone near and dear to my heart, my cuzzo, Rob Bobby Granfelt is back on the show my co-host for the I Dig Records series that I've been putting out every other Wednesday since uh, the pandemic started, I guess. So there's 22 of those available now. We just put out volume 22 earlier in the week talking about this French pop record from Isabelle Antenna called Encavale, a banging record. So I would suggest that you go and you check out that or previous iDig Records chats if you enjoy uh, this hang with my cousin. We just usually do a deep dive on a record that one of us has chosen and maybe the other is not quite as familiar with. But this particular episode, we we took the time to to kind of catch up and, and talk about all of Rob's music endeavors and uh, just just kind of the journey. I've had the extreme pleasure of of getting the the insight into the last eight years or so of what he has been doing artistically and getting the inside look in a lot of the bands that he's been playing in and getting to see how he works and and operates and just a dude that has been incredibly inspiring to my own grind and uh, I'm not sure I'd be where I'm at with what I'm doing without the energy that I have picked up from him and I'm just so appreciative of him opening up his his friend circles and his uh, his circle of fellow musicians to me and and just inviting me into that family affair as well i've i've had the the pleasure of of really getting to to know all of his bandmates in the incredible high pulp out of seattle which we'll we'll talk a little pulp during this conversation and and feature one of their tunes as we get into the episode definitely check out the high pulp kexp performance i will put that link in the episode notes they've got a new record called mutual attraction 2 is the most recent release from High Pulp. They're doing this series, Mutual Attraction, where they do a series of covers for each album. And uh, yeah, the second one just dropped on Record Store Day. I'll put the King Underground Records link in the episode notes as well so you can find all of the High Pulp vinyl. But yeah, man, this was just a, a great hang with Cuzzo talking about process and uh, best practices and and things of that nature. We talked about his record label Inside Voices a bit that he started during the pandemic as well, and they've got some some great releases, including a new one from Watson Moon that came out today, and that will be the track that we play the episode out. Shout out to 
Matt, a.k.a. Watson Moon. And we also feature a track from Rachel Lime as well. So that is what is in store for you for episode 264 of the podcast. I want to hit you with some calendar dates. My cousin, Rob, will be down here all this week. He's doing two sets at Produce Row, kicking off with this Sunday, July 25th. From 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., he will be doing an all-vinyl set. I've heard a lot of the music that he will be spinning. It's great. So come down Sunday, 1 to 3, free music. And then Wednesday, July 28th, is my Dan Cable Presents birthday party. I'm turning 36. I'll be doing a DJ set. My cousin will be doing a DJ set. And my dude, Sunday Blue, We'll also be doing a set as well. That's going to be a party from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. July 28th. And don't forget, free music every Wednesday, every Sunday at Produce Row. Wednesdays 6 to 8, Sundays 1 to 3. On August 1st, we've got a couple singer-songwriters, Leah Huser and Lane Norberg, coming through. August 4th, we got Spinach. Love this dude, Spencer. He'll be doing a, a DJ set, all vinyl as well. I'm actually playing a show with him tomorrow night, July 24th. If you're listening on release weekend, we got a show at Mississippi Pizza with uh, Fox Radomis, Galaxy, and Foreign. That's going to be killer. So that's at Mississippi Pizza, July 24th. But back to that produce row calendar, August 8th, Leah T is coming down from Seattle. I actually met her through my cousin she's a killer piano player and great songwriter she'll be down there playing the jams and then august 11th jeff chilton and his jazz trio will be back at produce row they are becoming a staple down there jeff is one of the most entertaining players to see in this entire city of portland oregon and uh you can quote me on that so jc proof jeff chilton trio August 11th, plenty more. The Produce Row website will be in the episode notes so that you can keep up with that along with all of the other links for my cousin and his bands, Sun King, High Pulp, the Inside Voices Records. It will all be there. And we're going to kick this episode off with the first track off the High Pulp album. Mutual Attraction, Volume 2. This is Presente Grego. Let's do the damn thing.
Okay. Y'all, you got your sustenance, you got your oatmeal. You're feeling fresh this morning. Um, hmm. What's up, cousin? I don't know, man. I was thinking about things I wanted to talk about with you, like during this conversation outside of Inside Voices Records. Outside this, of the inside. This, uh, this label that you have started. It's been a while since you've just been a, a solo guest on the cast outside of our I Dig Records chats that have been happening regularly, which I I thoroughly enjoy, but... Yeah, it's a different different approach. Yeah, you've... Uh, and I feel like we give each other the spark notes on shit, but we don't, you know, like, otherwise, you know, like, what's going on, whatever, but we don't... Uh, haven't been deep on sort of all the inner inner workings of a lot of the stuff because there's just so much shit going on for both of us. Yeah, and just to, to try to keep those record chats a little more concise than they were maybe in the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, those three-hour marathon podcast. <laughs> we won't do that to you guys this week. We won't do that to you this time around. There's plenty of, you know, two to three-hour chats with us on record. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet. Maybe. 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 That's the goal. That's the intention. We're not really in, in control of it, though. <laughs> Anyway, I was thinking um, I was thinking about just the whole deal, man. And you have had such a big impact on my creative <coughs> endeavors since I moved up to the Pacific Northwest almost nine years ago. I guess eight and a half years ago. That's crazy. Because that was like right after, how soon after it was it? Once, uh, you know, we came down to L.A. and played, and you played with us at Amplify. Yeah. It was like a year after that. Oh, I just had that picture pop up again in my, like, Facebook memories. It's so oh, funny. Oh, dude, me too. Just yeah, that yeah, photo yeah. of us. Of us. I'm in the Padres shirt yeah. with, like, my weird-ass, like, no mustache being it i wasn't able to grow a mustache at the time so yeah. i just had the abe lincoln beard yeah yep. and, and like, like the headband the headband and the yeah. glasses and just, <laughs> it's uh and yeah. i also Some just iconic uh, shit. it's before i'm wearing glasses all the time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i believe mm-hmm. i didn't need them yet right <laughs> so it's uh it's definitely a different look but um not to start this podcast off with some hate but fuck amplify for taking that money from it's you the, man that was the, some real hey, fucking just, shit that was some la shit it's the pay to play some LA scene shit. that la has um been known for you know and it, and it obviously was, works really well for them because yeah. if you're a band with no pole and no connections then you're just kind of fucked to play into that system to some it's degree it's just so. so lazy on the booking side like it's free money for them. Having, you know, like I worked at the Royal Room for years and I love that spot and I worked at the Showbox and I ran the, the, the moon and this and that. And like, uh, I've, I have a lot, I've, I've, I've never been the, uh, was never the booker at, at the Royal Room or the Showbox, but so much respect for that job because it really is an art form. You know what I mean? And getting to see it from working there, like on the inside, I was like, man. And then you just like understand that, that these fucking bookers in LA or whatever, like at places like that are just like, Oh yeah, whatever. Like, Oh cool. So, uh, metal band, hip hop band, you know, folk, folk 
group and then a bunch of like boomers from fucking Vegas come in for the night. Yeah, let's just put them all in a, on a bill. Yeah, and, six uh, bands. Six bands and, you know, $15 cover and everybody needs to sell 20 tickets or else we're literally hey, going to take your money from you. 20, though, would be very generous. That'd be cheap. I There's plenty of shows that uh, my friends and I played in our Souls of Fuse days yes in that area where it was a 40 to 50 ticket that's insane minimum dude. what that doesn't make any sense does that include drinks at least like two drinks what do you mean like do you get oh two dr- oh oh sorry i sorry i thought you meant the the, the ticket price oh no 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 i'm sorry i was like 40 sorry, no. fucking dollars i meant the uh the expectation yeah to that sell you were gonna sell tickets, that many tickets yeah 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 which is so many when you live an hour and 20 minutes or so from hollywood yeah you're like to okay, ask hey, to try to get you people guys gonna to go roll out. out and thankfully you know a lot of times we did but there were also a lot of times where shelling out cash to play venues which is and th- which is gnarly dude. the thing is this too is like look what you know if 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 you recognize how a band develops stump some steam you know how you actually grow your fan base and and create momentum it's from people being there that weren't there to see you right they're like oh who's this band i'm here to see my friend's band and this band is opening so i'm gonna check it out but from what i've heard that's not at all the culture either it's like people come out for your band for whoever they paid to see and then they go to the next bar or they go wherever and it's not like it's like you know, the room might literally turn over four times for each band. It's yeah. like there's a whole bunch of new different people in there. And that happens, you know, that happens everywhere. That happens in Seattle at times too. But, you know, it's just like, like, what do you, like, it's just another example of how that's just like a cash grab is not really interested in developing uh, a scene. And that's what I'm, I'm really interested and excited to move to LA after I'm bashing it in like three weeks and uh i'm excited to see like what because there's definitely some scene there's some underground there's some stuff that's uh, happening aside from that and i'm excited to see it because it's got to be such a response to that yeah and it's gonna be i think it's gonna be pretty tight and i think that's uh yeah the pay to play stuff is definitely only one aspect of the la music scene and it's just kind of what you get pulled into if you don't know yeah. what you're supposed to be doing you know right. like we didn't know where right where to the spots were try like to like DIY put together stuff, yeah. diy shows or anything like that and you get really attracted to that you're also going to get to play these premier yeah, these venues, venues. and there was this historic. you know there were some exceptions to the rule where you would find a spot that was like all right well they want us to sell 30 or 40 tickets but at least they're they're cool to us and they give us some money at the end of the night but even that i think about it's pretty fucked i think up. about the, the, the i think about That's the dividends the bar is. yeah i think about the dividends we were paid and there were there was this spot we would play and if you sold like the 40 or 50 tickets you hit that minimum then you would receive two dollars off of that eight to twelve dollar ticket for, for every each ticket one beyond that so, or or for 
for all of those 40. Either way, you're I making I think it's all the bucks. 40, but it's like 80 bucks. Yeah, so a good night for us like at one of these places where we would sometimes sell 75 to 100 plus tickets on yeah. like big show releases or right. whatever at at a particular area at this Hoagie Barmichael spot in Newport oh, yeah, Beach. Yeah, yeah. And um that was probably like our favorite spot to play. But even on those nights, you know, there was maybe $200 that came out of that, and which fucked. is That's so insane. Fucked. But I think that that really also taught me a lot about what my philosophy would be when I had the opportunity to book shows right. and be the promoter on the bill. Right. And um, it, it kind of like blows me away finding putting together shows up here and, and finding out how bad that shit we were was. getting fucked yeah dude no that's because insane. yeah i didn't know it was that bad that's crazy i mean like when we used to book shows at the moon like for the first year of that we just all of the money went to the bands we didn't take anything yeah. for the house and it was a it was a pay what you want but it was like suggested donation of like 10 bucks or whatever and you know 100 people would come through and some nights we'd have a four band bill and each band would leave with like 400 bucks. Right. For playing a warehouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or like, you know, if, if you, if you played at, at the Royal room and you got two bands that both brought a hundred people, that's a packed house. Right. You know, that's like sold out and, um, it's, it's 65%. I mean, but the the difference is the investment into the space and the the community where you or Ben were curating these shows the same way I'm going into these shows that I'm throwing in Portland. Right. These are these are just shows that I personally Wanna want go to, to see. Right. So exactly. I, exactly. I I'm getting what I want out of it mm -hmm. by just that situation, mm -hmm. and I could really care less if I leave with any money. Right. And and usually when I do, it's like forty or fifty dollars. And that feels good too, though afterwards, because you just like, you you do that for so long and you don't get paid like booking shows and stuff, yeah. and then you leave and you're like, oh, I got forty bucks. That's cool. Like I wasn't even. I went to bed last night, forgot about even getting paid, woke up this morning, I'm like, where's this 40 bucks from? Oh, it's that show I went to last yeah, night. That's cool. Somehow I got paid to go fuck. to that. Do you remember, I, I had the, the pleasure of being at like the first moon show that you threw, and it was the a Suba. It was the a Suba show. show. Oh, yeah, yeah, God yeah. damn. That was, that was maybe my most memorable, potentially most memorable night of, of music in no in way. the city of seattle I, just because it was that's that's cool i don't know man, hear, it, man. It, was, it was it was super underground mm -hmm. i don't think i had been i can't remember was the bash before that the first the the big building bash because we had i done, came to a building bash we had done um we had done two big building bashes and then there was a third and that was the summer i was in in minnesota so that would have been 2015 Okay. So 2016 was the fourth bash. And that was and that the was, first one I went to. Though. That would have been right after the Suba tape release because that was in that March. Made, okay, perfect. All right. That gives me a little bit of context for that. But yeah, that night, I mean, was that that was Versing, mm -hmm. City Hall. Yep, Sea Cats. And C -Cats. Who was playing as Fat Gang. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, God. those guys... Oh, that band, Sea Cats. Yeah, amazing. I love that band. I remember seeing that. Forever love that band. In Tacoma. 
or in Salem, Oregon with, with oh, yeah, yeah, also. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. That was the first time I saw them. Yes. But that lineup was crazy. But what I was what I was getting to is that was kind of the first show you had thrown as a single show just in the moon venue at the warehouse right. where Big Building Bash would go on. Right. And uh real DIY, like you know. You here's you're the, here's the memories, man. Oh, amazing! Like you were, sure. this was the kind of the first show thrown in that room and just wondering how it's going to work out. Yeah, we had no idea. Like, I mean, Ben had done a couple shows there over the course of the years because, like, he's had this space for a long time. And you know, I first met Ben when I was like 18, 17 maybe, and uh, he was like, "You want to come kick it at this spot?" And he was like, "You know, older than me," and like you know invited me to come hang out at this janky ass warehouse in yeah. soto there's like a literally like a clown car like a clown van like out front the first time i got there and i was like i might die like there's some crazy yeah, shit interesting here area you know and <laughs> i was like i was at. like 18 hang out with i don't know how old ben was he was like 26 or something at the time i was like just met him the week before he's like come kick it i'm like all right and uh so we we spent like four or five years hanging out there yeah. maybe maybe at that point it was like two or three years but we would jam there just ben and i yeah. And um like you know, we were doing the Suva stuff and we were like, Oh, we don't wanna play like a real venue or anything. We just wanna like throw a party and see what happens and yeah, we had no idea. We had no idea what it was gonna be like. And uh It was packed the fuck out, dude. Yeah, it's like it was packed, man. It's, it's just a cool room too, because with thirty people in it, it feels it's, good. It's very packed and there's no you know, there's no stage, so everybody is just standing with you. You're they're yeah. on top of you. Like, yep, so, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember that being a special night. But I was after we when we when we went back to your house. Mm-hmm. I remember the the money. Yeah, yeah and you yeah, were yeah. just shocked. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" And you were just and and I don't think either of us had ever seen that sort of money from a DIY show. No. And you're just like, "This is wild." Yeah. And there's a bunch of money to pay these bands though. Yeah, like I think, everybody's I think, I going think we to made make... we made like over a thousand dollars that night, like and we split it, you know, evenly between all the bands or whatever. And it was like it felt really good like to be able to hit up like like that was the first time that we played with Versing and I really liked Versing and I was mm-hmm. like felt really nice to be able to hit up great band, still active. Yeah, totally. I, I hit up Kirby or, or or Dan or somebody and I was like, Hey, here's uh we I got some money for you, like you know, and they're like, oh, shit, cool. You yeah, know, and it was you like, never know. yeah, you never know. And you don't, you know, you don't if, if you know, if you played enough DIY shows, you don't really go into it like with that expectation. That's not like the motivation. You know, you don't go in there motivated like I'm playing this show to get money, you know, but it felt really good to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, I just booked this show and i liked your band so i asked you to be on the show and you said yes and you you know took the time out of your day to do it and then i'm able to say hey here's like 250 300 bucks you know it's like and they're like oh cool maybe next time rob hits me up like i'll say yes to that show too you right know what i mean right. like or maybe they'll want to <clears throat> hit know, you up yeah and be like i have a bill right exactly for this, this place and and that's again sort of circling back to like what we're talking about with sort of the thing that la with the pay-to-play scene does what not are facilitate we about? where have we gone we're just talking man it's been too long <laughs> it's been too long man we're just reminiscing like some old fucking people it's great yeah but you know like yeah yeah. I'm sorry. What were you going to say about This about is what LA? I started off. This whole thing started off when I said fuck Amplify. 
Yeah. I was like, I'm not no, trying to start this off with hate, but <laughs> yeah, we just got right into it. It's just been, uh, it's been fun to, to get to observe though. Just your, uh, your journey since getting back from Minnesota, yeah, man, back I from college that. and you've been like my biggest supporter, you know what I mean? And like just being able to, you know, know people that like genuinely believe in what you're doing is tight because it's like, cool. Why shouldn't I believe in that? You know? Yeah, man. It's just been, I don't know. It's fuel for my fire to get to be around it. Right. Too. And, and just, uh, yeah, dude, I just have so much respect for your, your attitude towards all of this shit and and just being uh i don't know man you just seem to tap into this thing pretty early in your in your 20s of really knowing what you uh wanted to do with your life or maybe not do with your life that part yeah you know that's 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 the part is like i i just realized like when i was i remember like being like a junior in college or whatever and i was like whatever 20 years old and i was like i don't I don't want to do that. Like, you know, yeah, I was even getting a degree to be a teacher and I was like, I don't want to do that. My sister wound up being a teacher. And after like three years of watching her be a teacher, I was like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not trying to work like 70 hour weeks. She also said, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, so I was like, yeah, just as much. I know what I don't want to do. And I also know sort of the only thing I want to do and I don't know how to do it, but I know that like, one of the best piece of, pieces of advice that I got when I was a young, I was like 16, just starting to play in bands. And um, there was this guy, Danny V. Shout out to Danny, Danny Van Hollebeck, amazing musician. Um, he was the recess duty at my middle school. So he was always out there, like we were playing kickball or whatever, and he's making sure kids didn't like get into fights or like hurt themselves right, or right, whatever, right. you know, pass out in the sun, like whatever. So, um, Danny was just fucking awesome. He was like, I don't know, 20 something when he started working there and we just became friends because I had just started playing the drums and he uh, was older and played guitar and I thought he was like literally the coolest fucking person in the world. And we kept on, you know, talking or whatever. And I remember being like 15 or 16 and saying, Danny, what do you think I should do uh, if I'm trying to do a band? Like, how the fuck do you even do this? One of the best pieces of advice he gave was like, look at bands that you admire and that you sort of want to be like and then see what they're doing you know what i mean like see see what they did and for me like at the time it was like the lonely forest and the globes two bands from seattle i guess the globes are from spokane fucking amazing the globes record i still love um and uh they were like doing the diy thing and like it was just like a road map you know what i mean they were like maybe six years older than us and they were like playing shows and people were coming they weren't it wasn't just their friends coming to the shows it was right. like they had fans you know and that's like a big distinction i feel like when you're like coming up is like do people fuck with your music like that don't even know you you know what i mean um or your show or whatever the experiences that you're given and that's sort of the thing is like that that like what what are other people doing and then you do your own thing with it you know that's like that's why like odd future has always been so like inspiring to me is like that whole like ethos that they go about it is like is like you know exactly the way to do it it's like it works and it's also their own thing you know yeah and you're it's the surround yourself with others who want to uh reach this this next level yeah as well you know yeah and I mean, everything that, that we're talking about from, from from the moon all the way through to, it's been a, a pretty crazy pandemic for, 
for for me personally like musically like a lot of a lot of really good stuff has happened and started the inside voices stuff and blah blah blah. it's all just a continuation of the same lineage you know what i mean of like of like all of these years of like doing these things like it's not it's not like if uh if i had just like started doing this band stuff you know like four years ago you know and and like done everything that i'd done that way it would be the same uh result right now it's like it's all definitely it goes back to when i was like 16 playing at ground zero you know teen center and bellevue type shit like and, and the vera project and the redmond firehouse you know it's like it's all it's all that same that same lineage that leads to wherever i am right now in 2021 you know um and I think that's important because I feel like everybody wants it quick. You know, I really think that's something that people, myself included, like, oh, yeah, dude, man, I, I wanted it quick. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's just like, you sort of got to kill that part of, 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 of you like that, that, that is impatient because, um, yeah, I've, nothing happens overnight like that for sure. But I think you also have to uh kill that part of other people or your ability to tune it out in other people too because i think that that's also a result of us feeling like you have to make all of these things happen by the time that you're 25 or you're a failure in life or that you're setting yourself back in some way and that's i don't know man that seems to be like a trap that you never seem to fall into that you were just gonna you were just gonna keep doing the thing that you loved and the thing that you knew that you wanted to do and just kind of like it the cliche of trusting in the process and mm-hmm. it was going to shake out you know in your favor at some point because yeah. you just kept working at it chipping away you know and uh i don't know it was really exciting because i feel like kind of having the inside look on on the, you know the seattle music journey that you've kind of had since you got back from college right is that i got to be at some of the early rehearsals for things or oh, be yeah, in man. the room when no one else was and, and no you're like the gen- you're like the all access guy like you can tell you can like write the the fucking like anthology yeah, <laughs> like that's like <laughs> yeah like, you, you would do a better job than anybody else because you have been there for like all of the shit you know like and it would it would just be this it would just, it's just going to be these chats for exactly you know exactly man continue but the the thing is with all of that is every time i saw you play music even from that first time in la with new lungs mm-hmm. you know that was it was always a real like genuine thing i felt like my my love for what you were doing or mm-hmm. just just kind of understanding like yeah like no, you don't. Like, I, I feel like you know, telling the family sometimes it's just like, no, you don't get it. Like, this isn't me just being like, oh, it's, this is my cousin's band. Like, it's not a phase. I love man. him. And it's just like, no, nah, this dude is real good at music, and he's uh, and he's he's going real hard for it. And then I got to see what you were talking about as far as building a real fan base of these folks that you don't know, and I got to see that that happen around. Mm-hmm you know, some of your projects and then most prevalently with, with high pulp, mm-hmm. you know, going out to that release, like, I don't know. I saw the, the early pulp shows. 
mm-hmm. at some of those early rehearsals of what yeah. people would see maybe in those basement venues but yeah. even when it was just four of you yeah but then to get to go to nectar for the for the fucking bad juice right <clears throat> album release yeah party and see 400 people there right and you know yeah it's a different trip to like see that many people coming out and, and knowing that they were going out to a show that was going to be a dance party right in some ways and and uh yeah, just some of the recognition to start happening and whatnot was uh it's just been very cool to watch, man. It's 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 honestly inspiring as fuck and uh just very, very exciting to to observe. Yeah, man, I mean I appreciate that and it's like I um it's just humbling and shit, you know, it's like I don't know, we don't there's so many there's so many good bands. And and this is the thing, too, that I feel like, and this is sort of like, sort of how I feel about part of the reason that I wanted to start Inside Voices was like, there are so many good bands and so many bands that quote unquote deserve it. Like, I don't feel like we deserve anything, you know what I mean? Over any of the other like literal like millions of bands, right? Um, but I think that we are lucky that we are in the right place at the right time and uh we also have all of our our logistics figured out right this is the thing there's a lot of bands a lot of artists doesn't matter what genre doesn't matter even in music like i think this is also true if you're trying to be a comedian if you're trying to be a uh fucking painter if you're trying to be a, a contractor right just if you're like trying to start your own thing as opposed to just like go work for Amazon or something, you know, um, there's, there's, it's, it's a rare thing that you get the quality of the product coupled with the function, you know, the functionality to be able to respond to emails, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like the ability to like set goals and like get shit done, you know, like, and, and that's the thing that, that, for 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 me personally like when when uh not even consciously but when when you know subconsciously sort of building this community you know with all these people it's like the thing that i think everybody has in common is that uh everybody's down to work their asses off yeah man everybody's down to work their asses off and they're really talented so it's like yeah of course that's going to work because you know it's hard to get both of those things you might be really good at re-tiling a bathroom you might be way better than anybody and you might be faster and you might be higher quality and this and that uh but you just don't know how to like do your business things you don't know how to you know whatever it is you know um all all the all the less sexy stuff all the boring shit but that's so important you know or you might be really good at that stuff but you might not be that good at actually retiling a bathroom yeah so it's like we have been lucky and i think that's part of being in such a big band that has its own definitely has its own um like really difficult things that we have to deal with but part of the one of the good things about being in such a good big band is that is uh you just get to have different people with different skills right and you can just like delegate shit and it's like hey look i'm not great at this like Somebody in that somebody seven in or that eight is is at least decent though. at it, yeah. yeah. And then you know, you have this whole community aspect where it's like, you know, we're doing this for each other. It's like, yeah, like even if 
like so much of the stuff that we do in this band is like a grind you know discipline yeah there's only so much of the fun like creative sexy all that stuff like and that's great but like we also recognize that like you know to do something like a production like this it's like you gotta you gotta be ready to work so it's like the thing circling back to inside voices is that i feel like one thing about the label for example like um like watson moon one of my favorite songwriters amazing like one of my best friends um he is a great example of somebody that's really good at the music side but that i felt like i could help as far as the 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 whatever other side Mm -hmm. i don't want to call it the business side but just like the like you know like get your shit in order side you know what i mean like you could help put the vision together yeah yeah exactly it's just sort of like you know just like yeah so it's like and that's not to say in any way shape or form that everybody on the label needs that but it's just one of the things that i can like offer is like okay let's think about this you know everything's intentional here like let's not just drop a single like a day before like you know and not do it like you know let's set our singles like six weeks eight weeks 12 weeks in advance and then we can yeah. promote you know we can if figure you're it out. going to put stuff out why not like try to give it a little bit more uh light yeah exactly exactly so it's like you know stuff like that um you know, and it all goes back to stuff that I learned again from like Danny telling me to like, Hey, see what the glows do. You know, it's like that worked on me. Shit. Probably work on other people. You know what I mean? Like, and not in like a slimy way that it like worked, but it's like, it got my attention. And then I was like, Holy shit, this music's amazing. You right. know? So I'm actually going to play some globes real quick because, uh, this will give you a context for like, uh, what I was like really inspired by when I was in like high school this was a band from Seattle they got signed to Barsu um <clears throat> you did an internship with. where I interned um and uh it uh is just like yeah man people sleep on this band and it's such a bummer they put out this one record and then they broke up and um you know but as far as like live shows go too like pretty amazing man yeah it's also very um interesting when you do have, uh, i don't know when you get when you get really familiar with the music scene for maybe a five-year period it's mm-hmm. incredible to see the amount of projects that you see come and go Ooh, that you yeah, think man. are really great. Yeah, that have that have like legs, they have potential. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they'll make a record or two. Yeah. And then it's it's just over. You you realize how difficult it is to keep especially a group together. Oh yeah. You know. And that's why it's like Questlove talks about this, like you need to hang out with your band. Like you need to be friends. Like, if you're not, then it's just not going to work. Like, he's like, you you and your band should go to the movies, you know, instead of rehearsal sometimes. You and your band should go to the pool hall. Like, Yeah, there should be like, the rehearsals. And the hang. And the hang. Yeah, exactly. And that's the most important part. It's like, you know, I genuinely, my whole community is people I play music with. Those are all my best friends. Is like yeah, your house is full of your bandmates. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then also like beyond that, people are coming through 
every day just to kick it and it's like that's the vibe so what do you uh i don't know what do you attribute all this this hard work that you're willing to to put in for this like the the drive you have seems to that's been a constant that's why this pandemic has been so good to you in some yeah. ways because like yeah man i don't know you're the dude that would come down to grandma's house and you'd stay for a week but always with your practice pad you oh, know yeah. always still like trying to learn new drum patterns and like right. rudiment like right. exercises out of a book <clears throat> or a magazine or some shit you know just yeah i don't know there's always always seems to be like this push to the to the next thing and i know that's also like what you really enjoy about listening to music mm -hmm. is is things that don't always stay in one place so i think for me it's like i think it's like that's sort of the appeal like that like jazz has for me like when i sort of fell in love with jazz it was because of the music and then also listening to a lot of interviews with jazz musicians and understanding what the music was for them and like that it actually is something sort of like more than the music you know what i mean like not in like a corny way but in in the sense that like um like this is your craft and it's like this is a thing that that you'll you'll never reach the the end of you know what i mean like you'll never be like cool i'm there like you're always reaching and that's sort of the beautiful thing about the instrument is that it's always open to like go deeper on you know it's like like it's a rule like it's infinite you know it's shooting pool yeah <laughs> exactly so it's like you know you can you can you can just like it's it's just this like endless well and for me i think that like i've always just been a disciplined person i don't know why i have no idea like when i was you know in in like when i was younger and sports was like my favorite thing i would yeah. come home from school every day and just practice you know i just like hit the the hit away you know with the baseball or shoot free throws or whatever for like every day every fucking day and uh no one asked me to do it you know what i mean i think i'm That's i think the best part yeah i think i'm i think i'm competitive um and i like to get better and right. i've also like from a young age i uh understood because of the sports stuff i think because like you know like i loved baseball so it was like i practiced baseball and i got better at baseball right so then i learned the equation if you practice you get better mm. so like that was really valuable to me because my my i tried to you know my parents put piano on me at a young age like so many parents put piano on their kid and i fucking hated it you know i was just like no try to did it for like a year or two until they were just like cool like whatever you don't need to do this anymore <laughs> i was like thank you so you know, I wasn't able to learn that through the music because I wasn't passionate about it when I was six or seven. Not about playing. I loved music since, you know, forever, but I didn't want to learn how to read music. Right. right. You know, and because <clears throat> I wanted to go fucking bounce off the walls, you know, I wanted to go, <laughs> you know, or play video games. Um, but yeah, I remember you being a real high energy cat. dude. Yeah. High energy. Yeah, kid. man. Yeah, man. hundred percent. So I learned that discipline and practicing specifically consistent practicing mm. is the most important part and i tell my students this all the time it's like you can go ahead and 
practice three hours on a Sunday, but I'd much rather you practice for 20 to 30 minutes every day. And I guarantee you you'll get better than you would if you practice for three fucking six hours on a Sunday. I don't, it doesn't matter. 20 minutes, 30 minutes every day is better. And then you try to get more, you know, but every day is the consistency thing. And that's important. And so that got into my head and, you know, just that practicing makes you better at something who would have thought, but it's important to feel that and to know that, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, obviously that's true. But like, if you've lived it and you're like, okay, cool. Like I can trust this. I'm not wasting my time, yeah. you know? Um, then I just started playing the music and I just wanted to be able to do all this stuff because I was inspired by cats like Marcus or, you know, um, fucking like Travis Barker, whoever, you know what I mean? Like, um, the whole list of bands when I was younger and, uh, you know, then I found this jazz thing and it sort of became like, I hate to use the word like spiritual cause it feels really corny, but it's like, it's just like a introspective sort of like, it's like a personal, like, like there's just this thing that when I started to, uh, understand like jazz was like a vehicle, you know, for me to then also see more music through, but I wasn't able to really see, um, the instrument, like, uh, you know, the way that jazz changed my perspective of the instrument, uh, I can now take to other genres, you know, I can like feel the same way about it in hip hop or funk or rock or whatever, but it all came from my understanding of it through like the lens of jazz. And it became this like personal sort of never ending thing. And it's like, this is so cool. Like it's this thing that'll just like keep giving, you know, and keep teaching me about, you know, like all of my shit comes up when I'm practicing all my personal shit, you know, all my shortcomings, all my, you know, mm. frustration or anger or, uh, confidence, like good and bad, you know what I mean? Like comes out in your play. Um, even, even, even more so like when I'm trying to practice, like, like I have to work through all of those things to get the most out of my instrument, you know, like I'll have moments where, you know, I'm trying to like, it's again, cause it ties into practicing for me, like trying to push myself on the instrument and understand, you know, how, where I can go and develop my own voice on the instrument. So it's not, it's like, yeah, that shit probably comes out in my plane, but it's actually more just like, you know, the mental gymnastics that I, that you have to do to really become present and like get into like a sort of like a meditative state when you're practicing is really hard. And you have to like address like, do I really want to be here right now? Like, do I, you know, like, would I rather be like doing something else? Oh, am I frustrated? Am I thinking about some old relationship? Yeah. Am I, you know, am I, am I actually present? Because you're not going to get the most out of your instrument. And especially in when you are playing in an improvisational setting, you're not going to be able to improvise genuinely if you're not present, you know? So, you know, and that's where it's like, that's where it just becomes this thing that is like, for me a vehicle for something that's so much larger than music you know what i mean yeah it's like actually just like for my mental health and for my like way of understanding and interacting with the world that's like literally like on fire right now <laughs> you know what i mean it's oh, like man. how do i process this shit and it's like for me it's like so much easier to process it like through like every day trying to check in on the drums you know or check in on on music whatever it is but you know, the drums for me is definitely like ground zero. Yeah. It's definitely seems to be getting harder and harder for me to deal with the Like, I don't know, just comprehend the, the world being on fire in so many different ways. Yeah, and man. so I think it is like an incredible 
thing to have some sort of outlet where you can really tap into the present moment. And yeah, I think even what you're talking about goes back to even sports. Yeah. You know, you can feel very similar, you know, or even when, when people talk about falling into the flow Mm -hmm. or where, you know, you just feel like can't miss, you're not doing anything, you know, just watching. It's just, it's, it's just moving through you and you're just in the rhythm and yeah, you're just not, you're not thinking about it and it's just all, it's just all happening. And yeah, that's, that's such like a big mental, like the mental gymnastics is such a huge part of me even playing hockey at this right state especially playing goalie because you spend so much time of the game by yourself thinking and shit and so yeah (laughs) if you you can easily get lost in your right own thoughts you know or like your life thoughts and not be disconnected and be pretty disconnected from the game but it's it's uh i don't know it's so much that's that's definitely like the place i try to tap into the (laughs) totally the the not thinking the the present moment and and often it's like a good vehicle for that but uh you can always notice when you when you're not tapped into the moment you you're very much like overthinking other things that right. are irrelevant to what you should be paying attention to and and that's why the consistency is important because it is like a muscle you know what i mean and that's why it's sort of like that's sort of why I don't like the term like, or like the, the connotations that like bringing it up in like a spiritual context is because I feel like, especially like, I don't know. I just feel like the, that idea like has some like woo woo shit that like doesn't have anything to do. Like in a lot of people's minds, like they think about that and they're not thinking about like, Oh, this is like, this is like a muscle, like to develop like your ability to be present and, you know in the moment and that's not to say it's not spiritual it's just like the word like has this connotation now especially i think in like in like america is like this is like some shit that's just like you know put on you as opposed to something that's like you know developed you know tapped into yeah exactly and it's like you you know that's why it's like consistency um you listen to a, a bunch of different people talk about it, whether it's a, a a jazz musician talking about the saxophone or like a monk talking about meditation or a fucking, you know, dentist talking about removing plaque. It's like if you do it every day, like like that is that is where it's at. You know what I mean? Like you have to you have to develop that that momentum and that consistency because the repetition is really where like, you know, it's just like, yeah, we're just a sum of our habits. It's, you know what uh, I mean? Like, it's why our grandmother wakes up every morning, hopefully before everyone else. So she can have like alone prayer time every morning for like 30 minutes to right. an hour to start her day that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just like, you know, you just, you know, you just have to tap into that stuff. And I feel like, I feel like some of the things that a lot of people and myself too like had to and have to work on is the idea that like you know like that shit just happens when it's supposed to happen because it's some woo-woo shit that just is like oh and then I was enlightened it's like no like that's not how that works <laughs> you know what I mean like that's a fucking process like yeah. it's like it's a it never-ending process yeah too. exactly and that's the thing that's what I'm saying with like the drums like for me and this is a heartfelt belief that is like 
you can learn anything about you can learn everything about the whole world that you need to know as long as you're if, if you're like genuinely passionate about something um like for me the drums have taught me everything yeah. you know what i mean and we like, talked about oh. this in a i dig records episode okay word yeah and i don't care if you're a fucking dentist or if you're a, a gamer or if you're uh a, a athlete or if you know whatever like you know it can teach you everything as long as you're genuinely passionate about it and present like there's just so much you know so much so much to learn like just through like because it's all the same shit that's what i'm saying i guess is like whatever roadblocks i reach on the drums that i have to work through are going to be the same roadblocks that an athlete is going to have to reach or, or go through right. or is the same shit that a programmer is going to have to go through is the same shit that a fucking author and you know it's just like what you're genuinely passionate about is going to be the thing that you're going to be willing the most to work through that mm -hmm. and stay with it and that's the thing that's going to actually be able to teach you that's so, why so many people give it up to god when they win an award or like mm -hmm. they win the championship because right. it's all like it's like, I don't know how this happened. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, this isn't, like, it's not I me. I kept doing this thing yeah. and mm -hmm. it took me to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Exactly. And it's like, whatever you want to call it, like. I chased it down. Yeah. I went after it. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I just feel like that's a long ass answer to your question. But it's the, it's the point that's like. I just don't know. I guess the the answer to your question is like, I don't know what else I would be doing. You know what I mean? Like, like, of course I'm going to bring the practice pad down. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. That's just, that's the only way that, that feels good to me. Otherwise I'll feel like, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, not then getting I, better. Yeah. Then I, yeah. It's just like, huh? People are like, can't you chill? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm chilling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah don't so, get it twisted that like because i work hard doesn't like i'm not i'm not like super like type a at all or anal like yeah, about you, any you of that fucking, i'm just doing my thing you played smash brothers probably for like two hours yesterday too hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hell there's, some, yeah there's some downtime yeah but do, you, do you feel like you have to uh sometimes force upon that downtime on yourself because you are so motivated or always have i like ideas buzzing around it depends on the day sometimes i have to force the downtime and sometimes i have to force myself to get behind the kit you know what i mean like That's sometimes real. you don't want to it's just like mm -hmm. anything else it's like uh you know i'd rather just like keep hanging out like listening to music with my friends or i'd rather you know i don't know look on fucking my phone or something right you know um but just go sit down behind the instrument you know, and then, you know, if you don't want to actually, if you really don't want to play, then, uh, then go ahead and, and don't play, but don't make it because you didn't get there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I go sit down and like literally 99 out of a hundred times I'm like, Oh, this is, this is way better. <laughs> you know, this is tight. But you know, sometimes I do also have to force myself because especially like right now with like, I got some DJ sets coming up and, uh, I got a lot of recording to do. And because of all that, my practice time is definitely like falling by the wayside because of priorities and stuff. Tapping back into the like high pulp conversation of like, mm -hmm. I've got other people depending on me for this stuff. So like I have to prioritize recording over practicing, which yeah. is like 
<clears throat> like, ah, oh, fuck. But, um, you know, I had to like allow myself to like play some video games the other day. Cause I was like, look, you got 20 minutes. Like just, just chill for a minute. You'll probably be better actually, you know, you know, if you just like play video games for 20 minutes and like reset, you know, because I definitely will like burn the candle at both ends and then just like out of nowhere, I'll just crash, you know, and I'm just like did not functional. So that's something I learned about myself over the last like three years that I'm trying to just like recognize because, you know, in a way at that point, it's like better for you and your craft if you play some video games sometimes yeah definitely dude you know if you if you go away from the kit for for a few days you know yeah because those crashes can be so taxing i think yeah mentally physically everything man i just like yeah man i just i actually remember with the with this watson moon record drew and i you know drew was mixing it and i was there for the last like you know a couple days of recalls because matt was living in la so it was like basically drew and i mixing it and um yeah we just like went in and 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 it was like two or three days of just like you know all fucking day and uh i just like hit a fucking wall smoked some weed and got like super paranoid but I didn't even, I like had like one hit and it wasn't even like heavy weed. And I was like, okay, this is not the weed. Yeah, <laughs> you know dude, what I mean? If I'm on like, like bad is, sleep, yeah. weed is, is pretty uh, reckless for me as far as my yeah. anxiety. I just had to, I just had to like, I had to like literally like go outside and like lay in the grass for like an hour to just like reset myself because I was just burning the candle at fucking both ends and it was just like, no, we're done. You know, we're yeah. done. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, man, how did I get paranoid off one hit of mm -hmm. weed? And then I was like, because, you know, yeah, it's like, that's not, <laughs> we, we, yeah. we've both been known to smoke some weed in our days. And, you know, we're not type to get paranoid off one hit. But it was like, this is not that. Like, this is because, like, you have not been taking yeah. care of yourself. Right. You know, like, you are just like, you have this, like, frantic energy. You know what I mean? Like, and you need to, like, you need to slow down on that frantic energy because it is not serving you. You're actually yeah. compromising the quality of the product too. Yeah. It can be difficult in that way. Sometimes I think just because usually you, you are working on something that you enjoy working on and you, right. So you gotta, you gotta shut it down sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, it's hard to uh, just turn the ideas off. So I also like find a lot of comfort in, playing video games and, and video it, games are so good for my mental health yeah i can focus on that because mm -hmm. i also like you am pretty competitive yeah we play smash and it's literally just like freedom like we play smash like probably four or five times a week for like at least you know we play from like midnight till 3 a.m like pretty frequently and it's just i think for all of us you know andy vic tuan myself it's just like okay cool we can just like let go of all the bullshit like, yeah, you know, like all sure. the fucking emails and all this and that, and the teaching schedule and the to do list and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like that's some some shit that like I feel like is going to become more and more prevalent too as like our generation gets older and like younger cats like are all growing up playing video games. Yeah, dude, it's you so know? funny playing hockey online with people still, and you're encountering like I always see myself as as the old guy. I'll be 36 mm -hmm. next week. 
but there's always somebody that's 50 or <laughs> you know late 40s and it's just respect like, to oh them. man that's, that's cool yeah it's it's uh that's but you tight. know there was you know five to ten years of video game i guess you know at least five years of video game culture before i came into play you know but like so, that was like different yeah absolutely is. like but you have some people that are like stuck stuck with it and right you know i only i only play one game pretty much but you know i can play that game still and i only really play two games well three yeah i, I play a couple xbox games and a couple and 64 games so yeah you just keep it simple you and i pride ourselves in being able to pick up any sports game and yeah and be Decent. not not garbage except for, except for 2k dude i cannot is, is, i cannot play 2k it's so fucking hard it's a hard game i'll put up like 30 points in the whole game really enjoy it though uh, i got really into playing the career mode because it was it was free on the playstation oh, like cool. the previous version and i got heavy into playing that career mode okay i would get the game just to do that okay it's so fun but cool. anyway yeah it's I a just, sidebar on video games yeah we can do a video game podcast for sure that'd be fun but it is uh it's it's a helpful tool for me because yeah. i'll because i'll dive deep into that i'm thinking about editing my lines and shit right who's right. gonna be out there you know, right, right. Oh, yeah. Like I'm changing lines on the fly playing <laughs> hockey. I don't. I don't do auto line changes. Right, right. You're, you're, you're in like <laughs> manager deep, mode too I'm, while yeah, you're playing I'm the deep, game. I'm deep into this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, I think that that's real because like a lot of people like for me like like I feel like what a lot of people like read for that like same escape. Mm -hmm. But like I reading for me is just sort of has never like been the thing for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I do like reading comic books and like manga and stuff like, but, uh, yeah, like picking up a novel for me, like has never been the thing. Cause I think my brain isn't able to, I'm not like the best reader by any stretch. So my brain doesn't just like dive in as quick, you know, and my mind will start to run. Yeah, you know what I mean? Give me a documentary. Yeah. Give this. me a documentary <laughs> 10 times out of 10, you know? Um, but I feel like that's the thing that like like video games will get for me, you know, or or just like yeah, cruising around on on YouTube or whatever, like just to to get some some peace of mind, you know, because otherwise it's like you know me, like I'll work from ten to two in the morning, like ten a.m. Yeah. until yeah. two in the morning. It's like I'm just doing shit all day. But that's the coolest thing is that everything that I'm really fortunate because everything that I do during the day is something I want to do. It's like, oh, let's go practice. It's the next cool. level. Let's let's do some high pole stuff. Cool. Let's uh, book some shows for Sun King. Cool. Let's, you know, let's do some inside voices stuff. Whatever. It's like, you know, I, uh, I, I, I have a respect for people that have to grind and um, do jobs that they don't like. Like you, for example, like with that, the rocking the bunk cakes for like six, eight years or whatever. Yeah. Like to be able to like show up to work every day and like do that when you're not passionate about it is something I respect because it's like, that would be so hard for me. It's a, uh, it's, it's part of the competitive thing though, to a certain degree too. Mm, what, Just how? like wanting to keep this thing together and mm, like and mm -hmm. keep the, you know, and yeah. I don't know. I think it's more of just like having a pride in some sort of leadership you know, and, and they, it came like, you're even talking about the pulp thing for me. It was always like, I don't want to let down the people that work here. Right. Right. You exactly. know, I always want them to feel like there's control over the situation somehow, or right. like, you know, for the stress to be 
as low as possible and I'm going to do that by hopefully at least 90% of the time being at like my best right. like for those people or whatever you know yeah, so yeah. it's that I think made it a little bit easier and just uh yeah I don't know that part of it I enjoyed the pressure of it in some ways, you know? Yeah, just, like, the responsibility. Because otherwise, it's like, fuck. Like, if I don't have any responsibility, like, if I don't feel like anyone needs me here and I don't want to be here, yeah, then fuck it. But <laughs> it's, know, it's like, been so amazing to uh, to be away from that and, and just be kind of on my own mm-hmm. on my own schedule to see how much time I do put in yeah. to to trying to make all this work in some way yeah. and I'm um, I'm stoked on that you know I might work all 7 days yeah oh yeah and and just do like 6 hours or maybe like one day I did 3 or 4 yeah but I'm probably doing something almost every single day no weekends but, but I have been no trying to days. like yeah it's like that, that. I love that you know <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, so, you know, and and sometimes it is like the 12-hour day, but maybe every few hours I stopped and hung out for an hour and and right. then picked it back up because I wanted to, not because I had to or right. anything like that, but when when you hit this uh this quarantine that kind of, you know, opened all all this up, mm-hmm. was it like has it been important for you to implement some structure in into your day like is no. do you you nope. just kind of i just had so much stuff to do already it was just like let's go do all the things we, we've been waiting to do you right. know what i mean because like you know it's like before quarantine it was like life is just busy 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 between work and gigs and you know social things and whatever trying like, to tour and yeah touring and all that and it's like one of the best things about quarantine was just that nobody and this doesn't mean this is like this is literally not anyone directly but it's just like the 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 combined like amount of just like hey like let's kick it or like hey like can we chat or hey you know can you can you play this or whatever just like just the amount of like uh because when you're like pretty much self-employed and you're just like uh doing the music thing like your schedule is fucking crazy and there's no consistency, you know? So it's like every single day you're in your calendar rearranging shit. Hey, I need to do that. Actually, literally, as I say that right now, and I just remember I need to reschedule something for tomorrow. And, um, you know, now that's starting up again because like we're sort of coming out of it. We're still like in it for sure, but you know, people are vaxxed. So sort of that's coming back. Um, but the, the best thing about the pandemic for me, um, which feels weird to say, but you know, um, was just not having to deal with any scheduling. It was like, literally my day is 12 hours. I can only be at my house or my girlfriend's house. Yeah. So no one's asking to hang out. No one's asking for anything. I don't have to play any shows. All I can do, all I need to do is practice and write and record so like for me it was just like dude this is a fucking dream you know what i mean like this is a you know aside from the existential dread and the like you know you know countless number of people that died because this shit's super fucked up but uh you know 
you woke up every day and did what you wanted to I do. I just, yeah, man. It was just like, so I didn't need to like really implement like a structure. Like I'm going to wake up and practice. I'm going to do this and that. It was like, I think in general, I do naturally like to quote unquote, get my practicing out of the way, even though it doesn't feel like that, you know? Um, but I just like to put it in early because you know, just things get messy later. <laughs> yeah. You, you get later also, into the day, you, you know, might smoke some weed. You might, somebody <laughs> might, somebody might, you know, say, Hey, like, let's, let's do this go or do whatever. Yeah, it's, like, it's easy. And you're, you're so going like to kind of want to, I like to get make that, that happen as well. Yeah. So. I like to get, I like to get the practice done, but there were still oh, tons of days during the pandemic that I was practicing, you know, after it was dark, you know what I mean? I practice from nine to midnight sometimes, you know? Um, which is just shout out to my roommates for being chill and to our neighborhood or whatever for <laughs> our neighbors never literally never complaining um but yeah man i mean the pandemic was is but especially the quarantine was um was a thing like that um and right at the beginning of it was when we heard from dan at king underground uh with with high pulp and he reached out and he was like hey you know, I run this label and I came across your guys' stuff on Bandcamp and, uh, you know, it's dope. Would you guys be interested in putting it out? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like that, that works, you know, totally. He does it all on vinyl and yeah. all that. And King Underground is like, has been so amazing. Like to both of us, to both of us. <laughs> yeah. To both of us, man. So shout out to Dan. Great um, label, great music. And just like taking us to a that, whole nother le- level, like, like got, got us uh playlisted a handful of times seeing like our whole like all of our numbers like flying up and selling a bunch of shit like selling thousands of records really opening you guys's audience up into europe getting us heavy yep, open into europe and then that's honestly too like one of the main reasons that that anti uh you know took the risk or whatever um you know signing us because there was some proof you know what i mean it's like look the last whatever they put out has sold this whatever you know I don't right know, i don't know what numbers <laughs> and, uh, you know i don't care but uh i sold some vinyl records yeah yeah exactly my mom my sister <laughs> my cousin my dad um but you know uh yeah so it's like and then it was basically like the beginning of the pandemic was when ku came around and then the end of the pandemic whatever the end of quarantine was when uh the anti stuff happened and then in the middle of it was when the inside voice stuff was really going so you know as far as that that goes you know that's all stuff that is not me playing the drums you know what i mean right um and that's cool because it felt nice to sort of be doing both things it was like for a lot of bands they either broke up or they just didn't do shit definitely like feel really lucky to have like you know leveled up in our team you know our whole like crew um over the course of this thing while everything was so stagnant you know um and now we're just like ready to go it's like let's fucking play you know it's like between that and then now moving to la there's just like so much like energy you know of just like there's a lot of momentum um just like within myself of just being like, Ooh, okay. You know? Hell yeah. 
I gotta pee really bad. You should play a, a song off the the Inside Voices catalog and tell the fine folks about no whatever doubt. jam you're gonna play. This is I'm gonna play some Rachel Lime. Uh, Rachel's wonderful from Minneapolis. Uh, just the most killing. Put out this record called AU, and it came out in June. She's a wonderful, wonderfully talented person, and. Um, wonderfully kind wonderfully creative so this tune we'll play uh we'll play voyager 3 it's got a very cool music video highly recommend it go check out voyager 3 rachel lime just youtube that you'll come across it one of my favorite jams on on that album for sure that's one of the 
first songs that she showed me. And I was like, let's do it. Was that just a Bandcamp find or SoundCloud? No, we you? went to school together. Rachel and I, we played in a band. No way. Mm-hmm. Senior year. Back in Minnesota? Yeah, it was fun. What kind of band were you guys in together? It was like, um, it was like electronic, sort of like hip hop y, like neo soul thing. I don't know. Not really neo soul. Yeah, I don't really know. It was cool. It was fun. You just been keeping up with her and what she's yeah, just been like, doing since you left school? Well, yeah, not, I mean, you know, like probably like from 2018 to 20, 2017 to 2019, we didn't really talk much other than just like, you know, maybe reacting to someone's story or whatever. Okay. Um, and then like she just posted on Facebook a demo of a song um like right around the beginning of the pandemic maybe yeah probably right around then and i was like this is so fucking cool i was like this is so so like a whole bunch of things and um yeah i just hit her up and she was looking for she's looking to take her music a little bit more not seriously i guess because she's taking it seriously but just like you know try to you know, add a little bit more like backbone or posture, like, like not that she was just doing it for herself. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, she had some reinforcement if, if she started working with, with me to be like, okay, I'm actually going to do this. I'm actually going to commit to this. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that this whole, this record is really, it's really unique. You got three weeks before you uh, mm -hmm. move to LA. I know you've been you've been wanting to uh, do that for a while now. Mm -hmm. What are your goals, I guess, for going down there? Because I know part of it is just going after the the challenge of trying to make it in a new city and insert yourself into a scene that is not something you're incredibly familiar with. Yeah, I just want to kick it in the sun. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Growing yeah. up in this rain all your life. Yeah. It sucks. It's gray. This shit sucks. It's like, <laughs> even like today, I'm just like. Yeah, we woke up and there was rain yeah, was on like, the ground. Instantly depressed. Just like, fuck. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like one of the main things I'm looking forward to is um, just seen a lot of there's there's a lot of great players in seattle um but just like la is so much bigger and i want to just like sort of go around go to the jams whatever and just like be be real inspired you know so like i just feel like it, you know there's just so many good players out there that are you know again talking about like how i interact and my my relationship with the instrument i feel like there's a lot of people with that same like outlook and um i'm just like really looking forward to yeah just like going to jams and being like damn there's so many good players like this is so fun you know this is inspiring not like in a competitive way not like there's so many good players oh fuck but like damn there's so many good players this is cool i'm excited to go practice i want to go try yeah. that you know like oh that's a cool idea um you like to go see music for that reason 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, and then yeah, anti's down there. That'll be cool. The move was happening either way before, and then anti happened, and that's like also really tight because it'll just be nice to be able to be, you know, there and. You don't have to do everything over phone calls and, yeah, and things like that. Be a little more hands-on with your yeah. your project and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, really trying to DJ a lot more. Really trying to DJ a lot more. That's sort of been my whole. Um, you know, everybody in this house like had a pandemic like thing. <laughs> like Vic and Tuan like got really into Eurorack and and just like buying a bunch of other synths and stuff and. Um, the first half of the pandemic for me was just like buying so many symbols. Um, <laughs> but definitely some retail therapy. But um, then the second half was just buying records. and like, Because you bought turntables. I had one. I bought a second one. Yeah, yeah I bought a second turntable. So that you bought a DJ. mixer. Yeah. And, you know, I had, um, again, shout out to Ben, man, um, who, you know, ran the moon and... Um, also hipped me to you know vinyl djing with a a mixer and beat matching and all that we used to do that i don't know maybe six years ago um just at his spot and so like i sort of knew you know i knew how to do it and um i was just like yeah like because i also sort of coincided like with me during the pandemic sort of uh for the first time doing a really uh, genuine, you know, exploration of house music. Um, genuine for what I feel like. I just, you know, I put in, I put in some work, you know, um, just trying to understand house and, um, you know, everything that's going on and has been going on and definitely have so much, so much more to learn. Um, and really didn't even dive into like techno at all or drum and bass or jungle or anything, but mostly just sort of the house stuff and, blah 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 i was like watching a lot of dj sets and um was just like man this is tight you know i want a dj and i was like i could buy a controller or i already have a fuck ton of vinyl and i could you know keep adding to that collection and sort of doing it this the analog way is like cool it's like fun to me and it's like you know beat matching is, is its own challenge that um I like I like that, you know. Yeah. So try well, to do that more. I would imagine that obviously like takes away from some of your your practice time with drums, but you're still you still got to be getting better musically. I think it <clears throat> I think learning it does something completely new and Yeah, I think it does take away some practice time, but I also think the way I sort of think about it cuz I also uh I got a dig attack this amazing sampler sequencer drum machine um so i've been making a lot of original music too just like on my own which has been fun and um both of those djing and and sort of the you know whatever it's called i don't want to it's not beat making it's just like whatever my the solo shit i've been making um i think of those as like nighttime things like it's what i do at night and then during the day i practice drums so hopefully it's not taking away too much um time i think if anything is taking away time from uh playing video games or watching tv <laughs> you know yeah it's like that's cool though like that's i it's like 
feels really uh it feels good when i'm like i'd rather make a beat or do a dj set than play video games or watch tv you know yeah because sometimes i feel myself being like oh i want to do that it's like cool good for you <laughs> you know what i mean like that's cool um no so, i hear you yeah for sure but yeah so that's that's a big thing for sure trying to get into that and um just trying to put myself out there as uh, a bit of a like a producer sort of like um you know i co-produced the whole the watson moon all all match shit and definitely you know we produce all the high pulp stuff and the sun king stuff ourselves and um i i love and don't get to work with enough hip-hop artists so i've been making a lot of of beats that are you know i have i I just make some stuff that's sort of like off kilter you know i make i, I yeah so I, I'm, I'm trying to find people that want to go over those and i got some really good friends here that are really talented and starting to work with them and i'm looking forward to moving down to la and doing that a bit more too so it's like the bands are sort of taken care of you know yeah um but now it's fun because it's like okay cool so like that you don't have to worry about now just go figure out what you want to do you know dj make your own shit collaborate with other people you know and absolutely see what happens cool man i'm stoked for you i'm stoked on everything you're doing yeah come visit yeah, of course. Of course. Of Come course. down there. If we ever get a house. Yeah, if you ever find a place to live and you're not just bumming at, at our uncle's house for the next six months. But, you know. Bum it super hard. I wish you the best and all of the luck down there. I'm, I'm sure you're going <clears> to <throat> insert yourself into the scene you know, fun, smoothly and have, have a good time. I know you already know some people down there, so that's helpful too. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be cool. I'm just, you know, excited. Preemptively sending good energy to all you folks in LA so that you, so that, so that you're nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to play it out with this new Watson moon track that, um, comes out today it came out today today listening to this episode on release day it's out on july 23rd yeah that's right july 23rd first second third yep and uh this is on the inside voices records cuzzo's record label here i'll put all the links in the episode notes if uh if this dude wants me to put any of his DJ stuff, um, any of the mixes he's been making, I, put, I can put those in the episode cool. notes as well. If you yeah. want to share some of those up, mm-hmm. you can follow High Pulp mm-hmm. and you can follow, you know, Sun King. All the things that this uh, this fellow is involved in will be available there. Appreciate Buy it. yourself some vinyl. Please. Get yourself some High Pulp vinyl. Shout out to King Underground. Mm-hmm. and anti-records all the things what's the name of this jam through the pores in the nightlife it's the second song second single from uh the debut record and uh the record's called see you out there and it will be coming out in its entirety august 20th and it features a whole smattering of the inside voices crew so it's like i'm playing drums 
uh, Twan's playing a bunch of keys, uh, Matt's playing guitar and bass, Gabby is singing backups, Andy's playing saxophone. Drew's on the mix. Drew's on the mix. Yeah, it's just like this is a this is a, a community um It's a family project. affair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh this episode has been a family affair. Yes, we're family. Can you uh can you send it with a it's a program? Yeah, I I guess I can. It's sort of required, right? Yeah, it's it's required. I mean, you're not gonna get not off gonna, without doing you're not it. Not gonna not do it, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yes it's a program we will see you folks next time come see uh come see some live shows hey july 25th at produce row yeah you'll be there djing and july 28th you'll be there at produce row djing for my dan cable presents birthday party i'll be doing djing sunday blue will be djing and uh that's the Jelly Jams. Come hang. And Come we will hang. catch you on the flip side. Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, wherever you are listening from. West Coast only. <laughs>
want to give a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their support of this thing and make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership with distro kid making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that and the link is also in uh, the link in my instagram bio on the link tree so you can find it there as well big thanks to distro kid stay up stay tuned <laughs> 